as for us this morning from his word. Amen. I think I'm supposed to turn something on over here. Oh. Scat. All right. Well, he uh, he did mention that we were uh, we had worked up on the uh, Blackfeet uh, Reservation up in Br up by Browning. I don't know if you know where that's at, right up by the Canadian border, Glacier National Park, and uh, we were there for uh, right at ten years, and then uh, was able to start a couple churches and rescue another one, and we praise the Lord for that. That uh, reservation has a good, strong witness on it, and that is our uh, that's our heart is that God would. Uh, raise up a work that would last and that would uh, continue on, amen, until we, uh, till we see him in the clouds. And uh, what a blessing it is. Uh, where we're at now uh, on the Yakima Reservation uh, is um, right down in the uh, middle, kind of lower part of Washington State. Nothing, uh, nothing like where we were ministering up by Glacier National Park. In fact, one of our men asked me one time, said, uh, Pastor, uh, uh, what do you think about God's country? talking about Washington, I said, well, if you've never seen God's country, this is okay. <laughs> and uh, it's just good to be in Montana, amen. Uh, we were driving in yesterday, and uh, my wife and I, and, and uh, by the way, this is my wife, Deb, uh, the better part of me, amen. I started to say the better half, but I, I'm thinking I'm more half than she is. But anyhow, uh, we, uh, we've been married now 43 years this year, and we praise the Lord for that, uh, her putting up with me that long. And, uh, but the... Uh, Reservation work, is, uh, it's been a little tough through this COVID time. I know pastors, if, if, as you go through, it's, uh, it's different, amen? And I've uh, never been through a pandemic before, so it was, uh, it was a little bit getting used to. And uh, the folks are uh, just now coming back uh, pretty good, and so uh, they're, they're uh, kind of over their fears, and we praise the Lord. And then, of course, now they got another one coming around for us to get all scared of again. So we'll see how that works, amen? And, uh, but uh, I... I, uh, I just praise God that he watches over us, amen, watches over his children. Uh, if you have your Bible with you, and I pray you do, uh, go to the book of Romans, and then if you'll find uh, the uh, book of Nehemiah, I'll give you about six or seven minutes to find the book of Nehemiah, amen, <laughs> a little tougher, that's in the Old Testament, Pastor. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Aren't you glad you can come to church and smile? Yes. You know, these kids were singing these songs. I say kids, they're, uh, they're kids to me. Amen. But uh, they were singing those songs, and uh, what a blessing. Uh, you know, that, that song, I'm on the Winnie's side. Boy, we've sang that for years and years. And, and I don't know about you today, but I believe that. I really believe that, that if you know God, you're on the winning side. And uh, when this, this thing uh, all winds up, we're going to find out uh, for all these years that we've been on the winning side. And uh, the world would like us to think that somehow there's this great war between evil and good. And folks, that's just not true. Uh, the, uh, the devil is nowhere, nowhere even in the same uh, category as God. Amen. And uh, there is no war between God and Satan. In fact, one of these days, God is just going to speak to one of the angels there in heaven 
And uh, they're going to grab Satan by the scruff of his neck. I tell our folks over in uh, uh, Washington that they're going to grab him by his little scruff of his neck and going to cast him into a lake of fire. Amen? That's how strong he is. He's not strong at all when it comes to God. Amen? And I'm glad about that this morning. I'm glad that God saved me. I've been saved uh, since I was 17 years old. And uh, what, a, what a change that God made. You know, I never got over that. The uh, Holy Spirit came in. And you know, uh, if you've been saved, truly saved, you know what I'm talking about. Uh, something changes inside of you. And uh, they, the things that, that uh, I did before that never bothered me, all of a sudden they started bothering me. It wasn't that I was raised to be a good child because I was never raised to be a good child. I was actually taught that a good liar was a good thing. And so I, I was raised up in that, in that uh, conditioning. And when I got saved and I began to learn things out of the Bible, uh, it, uh, it was an uh, amazing, amazing difference. And uh, the Holy Spirit would bring things to, to my heart and, and uh, just break my heart over sin. And, and that never happened before. The lost world, they, they're not sorry about sin. They might be sorry if they get caught, but they're not sorry about their sin. When you get saved, you'll be sorry about your sin. Amen? It'll, it'll grieve the Holy Spirit of God. Well, I want us to look at a, a word this morning for a few minutes. I do appreciate the church. I appreciate the, uh, the, uh, uh, just the support, brother, uh, all through the year. It's just been a real blessing to know you guys are, are right there with us. We're, we're looking to get you over on our side of the mountain one of these days and uh, preach, preach for us over there. I think, you folks would, uh, I think the folks would enjoy you coming by. I know they'd enjoy your singing, so you got to bring your guitar. I heard him up here singing a while ago, and, uh, you know, I don't sing. Amen. If you're waiting on, on me to sing, break out in song, uh, you're going to be sadly disappointed. I, I don't sing. If I sing, uh, babies cry. Dogs howl. Uh, the, uh, the wolves up in the hills, you'll be able to hear them. Amen. I mean, it's, uh, it's a sad, sad day. I can carry a tune, but I do have to have the bucket. Amen. And, uh, it, but it's a terrible sound whenever I do carry a tune. But anyhow, uh, I love to preach. I love God's Word. Uh, we've got uh, some of these college students down here, and they've been learning probably some of your grammar. Some of them are going to be teachers. You know, I just uh, I have a real hard time with teachers because they, they try to critique you as you're speaking and all that. And I'm just a country boy, okay? So y'all need to put those pins away. Uh, no critiquing this morning, amen. You're probably going to hear words you may not have ever heard before. And uh, that's... <laughs> they won't be vile, amen. Uh, but they, uh, uh, I grew up in the piney woods of East Texas, and, and uh, boy, it was way back in the sticks. And, and uh, I went to school for a while. They told me I went to school. I remember part of it, uh, it not very fondly. Uh, but uh, it, uh, it, didn't, it didn't have a whole lot of influence on me. And, uh, but, so I'm just, I'm just plain. I speak plain. This Bible's plain. I don't candy coat it. I don't try to make it say something it don't say. Amen? Uh, so I'm just going to give it to you that way this morning. Your preacher already knows this. He's had me here before. I'm amazed he's had me back. Amen? Uh, not that we don't try to come back. We do. But, uh, but it's just, uh, uh, I only know how to do this one way. And uh, I remember what they said about, uh, how many of you know who Jack Hiles is? And uh, I heard Jack Hiles preach a long time ago. And he said he learned how to preach just by opening the Bible and looking at a, a page and yelling for a little while. And he'd look at the page and read a little bit and yell a little while. And I thought, well, if it's good enough for Jack Isles, it's good enough for me. Amen? 
And so I don't know all those uh, grammatical uh, uh, ways of putting things, those uh, 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 preachers, you know, they've been, I don't, it's just different. But uh, praise God this morning, I hope you like it plain, because that's what we're about to get. Romans chapter 1, verse number 1, the Bible tells us, Paul, a servant of Jesus Christ, called to be an apostle, separated under the gospel of God. Lord, we bow before you. Father, we are so thankful this morning that you do set us free. We're thankful, Father, that you put our feet upon the rock. God, this morning I ask you as, as only you can to move in and, in and out amongst your people. Lord, if there's someone here today and they're not sure that they're uh, going to be in heaven one day, Father, would you, would you speak to their heart? Would you show them, Father, the, the right road? And God, that they might receive Christ before it's eternally too late. Help us, Lord, this morning uh, to break the, the Word of God apart where even the youngest person uh, can understand it this morning. And we'll thank you and praise you for all that you do in Jesus' name. Amen. We, had, uh, uh, we started going uh, live uh, on Facebook over on the reservation, uh, which was kind of a new thing for us. And uh, one of our men called me this morning during Sunday school. He texted me. He said, he said, Pastor, everything's a mess. I don't know where, where this is or that is. I don't know how to get on here. I don't know how to do any of that. And I thought, I don't want to answer this during Sunday school. The man's preaching. Amen? I don't want to pull my phone out and, and deal with this right now. And so I just, Lord, help him. In one of those quiet prayers. And uh, it's kind of like when uh, Nehemiah was going in in front of the king. And he said, Lord, help me. <laughs> and then he went in front of the king. So that's what I did. And so then I got another text coming back. And he said, forget it. I got it. <laughs> that's a blessing. Uh, I want to talk to you this morning about this little word separated for a minute. Uh, there's a word that we don't use much today, and yet we should. Leviticus 20, 24 tells us, uh, he tells the people that are going into the promised land, I am the Lord your God, which have separated you from other people. And folks, that's uh, something that it seems like the church in our day has missed that word or lost that word, I'm not sure, uh, but I think it's hindering us a great deal. He says, I've separated you from other people. Proverbs 18.1 tells us, Through desire a man having separated himself, seeketh and intermeddleth with all wisdom. And so we see that God separates his people. We see in Proverbs that a man separates himself. He separates himself. Here in Romans 1, we see Paul separated under the gospel of God. We see a change instead of separated from, we see him separated unto. And I think that's a, a, a very key thought for us this morning. Yes, we can be separate from sin and, and, and yet still not really be much of a witness. But when you begin to separate yourself unto the things of God, all of a sudden the separation becomes stark. The separation becomes real. Your friends start to take notice. I remember back uh, years and years ago 
when uh, Deb and I began to go to church, um, praise the Lord, she finally got saved, amen, that was a blessing. I tell you, it was rough living with a heathen wife. <laughs> My fault for marrying a heathen wife, but anyway, uh, I wasn't much, much more than a heathen myself at the time. But anyhow, I can remember when we began to go to church, and I began to hear this book preached. My preacher would say things like, you know, the Bible commands us that we ought to tithe. And I thought, hmm, tithe. Okay, I didn't know what that was. I had no idea. So he explained it to me. And we started tithing. He told us that we ought to be faithful in church. God wanted us to be faithful. Right. You know, I look around at uh, these young people singing. What a blessing that they, the voices that God gives you. Use that, use that talent that God has given you. Amen. I just encourage you. Pastor plays the guitar. You know, I picked the guitar up. I know more than a dozen times tried to play it. The fingers just do not work. I don't know. It's just something about that guitar. The two ends, they just never meet. And so it sounds horrible. And then I try to sing, and it sounds worse. So I just put the guitar. I have a guitar sitting in the corner to remind me. No, not to remind me. And it's just sitting over there. But I don't, have, I don't have any talent. And as we were growing up in church, my, my, uh, we would see people sing and play instruments. And, and uh, I told my pastor one time, I said, Pastor, I don't have a talent. He said, yes, you do. And I said, what is it? I said, I can't play the, the guitar. I can't play the piano. I, I sure can't sing. He says, I know. I said, you know, it, it's... <laughs> I can, I can blow my nose, amen? That's about all I can blow. He said, Brother Glenn, you can be faithful. Amen. He said, that's a, that's a forgotten talent. He said, you can be faithful. And so I decided I can be faithful. And so Wednesday night rolled around, and we started going to church on Wednesday night. Oh, Pastor told me we have church on Sunday evening. I started going to church on Sunday evening, Sunday morning. Sunday school, Whew. had to get up early. No, early, not Sunday school. <laughs> you work on the farm early is a lot earlier than Sunday school, amen? Yeah, you guys, some of you know that. I started seeing this change in my life because the Bible, as, as I was learning it, it began to change me. And it wasn't hard. It was, it was easy. Because there was other people in the church that was changing. I could see them changing. We'd go out visiting, uh, go out and knock doors. and it, it got to where it was almost a race to the door, preacher. You remember that? Almost a race to the door to talk first. Instead of having to pull somebody to the door or say, Hey, it's your turn. I, I got the last door. It's your turn. God began to do something in my heart. In our, in our day today, it's hard to distinguish the difference between a Christian and a non-Christian. It's hard to tell the difference. You have to ask them, Are you, do you know the Lord? You know, there was a day when you didn't have to ask that question. You could tell if somebody knew the Lord. And you might not be able to tell the specifics of it, but you could, you could definitely see a difference. So what are we to do to, today to... See that difference? I'm glad you asked. You said, well, I didn't ask. Well, anyway, I, you're slow. 
Look at Romans 8 with me. We'll be back to Romans 1, or we might not. I don't know. We'll see. But in Romans chapter 8, verse number 28, many of you could probably quote that verse. And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to His purpose. For whom He did foreknow, He also did predestinate, don't get caught up on that word, He predestinated believers to be conformed to the image of His Son, that He might be the firstborn among many brethren. Moreover, whom he did predestinate, then he also called, and whom he called, then he also justified, or then uh, he also justified, and whom he justified, then he also glorified. What shall we say to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? He that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him uh, also freely give us all things? It's just amazing to me that Christians, I hear Christians say it's hard being a Christian. I don't understand that. It's hard being saved and trying to live a sinful life. That's hard. It's not hard being a Christian. Not when God has given us everything that pertains to godliness. Not when God has allowed the Holy Spirit of God to come inside of us and gently lead us in the right way. Not when the goodness of God leadeth thee to repentance. It's not hard being a Christian. It's hard trying to straddle a fence. Live in the world and try to serve God. That's hard. The Bible tells us that. For the way of transgressors is hard. Amen? The Bible says we're called to be saints. Called to be saints. Now I know maybe you don't you don't like that word too much. I've got some small print here, so I'm going to have to get these, get these glasses out. I can see really good from here to the top of that hill over there. I can't hardly see right here, so uh, I apologize for that. But think about this with me. We're called to be saints. Saints is a word that God uses for those who have taken Jesus Christ as their Savior. It means set-apart ones. In Greek, it's the same word. I don't study Greek, so I'm just reading it to you. It's the same word as holy or consecrated or sanctified. It has nothing to do with a person's own efforts at godliness. Saints are not special Christian, uh, Christians addressed as saints who are adorned and appeared pictures, stained glass windows and altars. Rather, for his own purpose, God has set apart for himself, predestinated, that's that word, all who have believed in Jesus Christ as their Savior, he calls them saints. Now I pray you don't have a problem with that, but in our day it seems like we do have a problem with that. We know Christ. If we know Christ, that makes us a saint. And we don't like that. It kind of pulls at our collar a little bit. You know, we just want to be normal folk. We'll be a normal saint. Amen? That'd be an unnormal sinner. Amen. Nehemiah was building walls around Jerusalem. Go over there with me if you will. Um, Nehemiah, let me give you a chapter here. Just so you can, uh, you can get it. 
Here I told you where Nehemiah was, and I can't even find it. I know it was here last week. Last chapter there. Now, Nehemiah is a different kind of fellow. He's a builder, yes. But he had some things that, uh, that he had right. And uh, one of those things was he had a zeal for the Lord. You remember how the Bible said that, that uh, the disciples realized that Jesus, even more so who Jesus was when they said, they remembered that the Scripture spoke about him, that he had a zeal for the house of God? You remember what he did at that time? How he went into the temple with a scourge, made a scourge, and, and he drove out the money changers? You think about that uh, with me for a minute. It's action that we need today. Nehemiah 13, if you will, and uh, verse number 20. Now, here was Nehemiah, and he had built up the walls. He got the gates closed. And he decided that it was time for them to keep the Sabbath day, right? That was a commandment given to the Jews, keep the Sabbath holy, right? And so as they were supposed to keep that, they weren't supposed to do any work. Well, because the world had been allowed to interact with, with the people of God so much, they kind of forgot that. And so then uh, these merchants would come in and out of the city and they would sell and buy and here it says, as he gave the commandments that they, sh they should close the gates and keep them, uh, in uh, verse number 19, the latter part of it says that there should be no burden brought in on the Sabbath day. And verse 20 says, so the merchants and the sellers of all uh, kind of ware lodged without Jerusalem once or twice. And then I testified against them and said unto them, why lodge ye about the wall? He said, hey, what are y'all doing out there? You're not supposed, we're not opening the gates. Get on out of here. You say, he spoke like that? Well, look what he said. If you do so again, I'll lay hands on you. That seems pretty plain to me, amen? I've laid hands on a few folks in my youth, and uh, I know how that works. It's a little bit physical. I know in, in our world today, we don't want to offend we don't want it. We have to be nice. I get that. You don't know how that chafes me. My brother works in the Gulf of Mexico on an oil, oil platform out there. And he told the guys that were coming out as they were lining up to get on the helicopter, he said, now, fellas, Shell has adopted a policy lately. and said, I just want to talk about it for a minute with you. said, they have given us a secret, or not a secret, but a, a safe word. Y'all heard about this, some of this stuff going on in corporate America. So my brother tells them, now my brother's not a very big guy, but he is big in the sense that he's very formidable in his actions. And he told all the folks that were going out on, the, uh, on loading up on the helicopters, he said, one thing we're not going to have in the Gulf of Mexico is a safe word. He said, I'm a, and the safe word was ouch. Yeah, if somebody says, ouch, you're supposed to take them over to a little room and discuss why they had to use that word, ouch. Yeah. He said, the only thing I better hear somebody say, ouch, about is if one of them 24 or 36-inch pipe riches hits you. Then you can say, ouch. Other than that, we don't have no ouch, he said. 
You get offended. He said, you just come like a man or, or an adult and let's talk it out, but we ain't going over to no little room over there because uh, your feelings got hurt. Amen. Come on. I'm tired of this stuff, folks. I tell you, I'll be honest with you. And Christians have adopted it so much so that we don't want to give the gospel out anymore. We might offend somebody. I can remember the first time I heard the gospel, it was over the CB radio. I was driving a truck. First time I heard uh, the lady was talking uh, to somebody about uh, the Lord and about uh, getting saved and that, and I turned, up, right, I turned to another channel. I had, uh, at that time, I had one of them really nice radios that had 40 channels. I could find one she wasn't on, amen? So I went over. About a week or so later, I heard her again talking to somebody. Now, the main channel she was talking on was Channel 19, which is the main channel that truckers use. And so I was on that channel, and I heard her talking to somebody again. I turned the channel. About three or four days later, I heard her talking to somebody again. And the thing that caught my ear was she, she was telling this fella how that he would not have to be afraid of death. And I thought, now here I am sitting in the middle of 80,000 pounds running down the freeway at 60, 70 mile an hour. I'm, death's always on my shoulders. Somebody pulls in front of you, somebody cuts you off in a semi-truck when you got 80,000 pounds, you just don't stop them on a dime. And so that caught my ear. And so I broke in later and asked her about it. And she said, listen, if you really want to hear about the Lord, she said, you, you call me on the telephone. Now, back then, we had those telephones, you know, you put up to your ear. Had the long cord thingy, the hook to the wall. So I'm, I'm standing in the hallway of my sister's house, and this lady tells me that I'm a sinner. That's lady, you know, I didn't think about it, but she didn't even know me. What do you mean I'm a sinner? She said, you've broke God's laws. You've offended God. I've only talked to you one time. But the same is true about every sinner. We've all offended God. And by offending God, I brought on myself the judgment of hell and death and eternal sentence. And she began to tell me that if I was going to uh, get to heaven and not have to worry about death, that I was going to have to accept Christ as my Savior. Before I got off the phone, that's what I did. As a 17-year-old, I got down on my knees in the hallway of my sister's house, and I asked Jesus Christ to become my Savior. And from that time to this, there's been a difference. You say, oh, you've never sinned? Yes, I've sinned. But when I did, there was a conviction of the Holy Spirit of God inside of me telling me that I was offending God. Praise God, we have an advocate with the Father. Amen the Lord Jesus Christ. What a blessing. So here's Nehemiah. He's trying, to, he's trying to, to, to do the same thing that needs to happen today. There needs to be a separation between God's people and the world. There needs to be that separation there, and if you allow the Holy Spirit to, to do that, He will do it. These, uh, these uh, folks that were, they were disregarding the difference or the separation between God's people... Uh, and those that knew not God, as we see the gate guarded, uh, we see that, that Satan's persistent. Amen? They, they came up a day or two, and he told them, listen, it ain't going to happen. Get, get on out of here. First Peter 5, 8 tells us, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, 
as a roaring lion walketh about seeking whom he may devour. Now what did Nehemiah do? What are we to do? He saw these adversaries outside of the gate and it bothered him. It bothered him. Does it bother you when sinners are in your presence? Does it bother you when you hear cursing? You know, in our day, that's getting to be a real prevalent thing. My wife and I, we like to watch those uh, crime stories. My wife likes to watch them more. If I come up missing, y'all, I didn't just die, okay? She knows where the body is, okay? I'm just saying. She knows how to get rid of it. Uh, but we record those for the simple reason that we can fast forward through the garbage. I mean, it's amazing to me how used to sin Christians have gotten. I mean, hey, regular TV. Now, the kids are gone out of here. and I'm going to be a little bit straightforward with you, but supposedly family time on TV and they're advertising undergarments, advertising alcohol and all of this other stuff going on. You know, it didn't used to be that way in America. I remember, I remember when the, the beer joints did not open on Sunday. How many of y'all remember that? I remember when grocery stores didn't open up on Sunday. I remember that. Now these kids, they won't remember that. They have, they have gotten used to, to all of this stuff being wide open all the time. But I remember that and I was not a Christian. And yet I still had that respect. We don't have that in America anymore. It's gone. There's no blush anymore. We need to get it back. It needs to come back. You say, Nehemiah, he just overreacted. Well, sometimes a shepherd dog has teeth. And sometimes they bite. You say, well, he just told them to get out of there. Well, look back with me at that chapter 13, Nehemiah, if you will. Verse 22 says, And I commanded the Levites that they should cleanse themselves and that they should come and keep the gates to sanctify the Sabbath day. Remember uh, me, O oh my God, concerning this also, and spare me according to the greatness of thy mercy. In those days also I saw, uh, he says, also saw I Jews that had married wives of Ashtarod and Ammon and Moab, and, and their children spake half in the speech of Ashtarod and uh, could not speak in the Jews' language. He says, but according to the language of each people. And I contended with them and cursed them and smote certain of them and plucked off their hair. He grabbed them by the head of the hair. What is going on? My wife got a phone call from one of our ladies in our church, Grandma, who's raising her grandchildren. And the grandchildren's kids, uh, mom, their mom comes over sometimes. She's just a drunk, just drunk all the time. And uh, one of the kids, they found alcohol, bottles of alcohol in the, bed, in the closet, hid. And so the grandma confronted the daughter, what is this? And That ain't me, you better look at those kids. So she asked the older kids, the teenagers, what's going on here? And she, they said, you better ask those young kids. So here the young kids were blamed 
I don't know the end of the story yet, but right now they're saying that the young kids brought this alcohol into the house. Now my first thought is, Grandma ought to grab her daughter by the hair, kick her out in the yard. So we raising her kids, what's she going to do? I'm, I'm telling you folks, we need to start making a difference between God's people and right and wrong. Because the world is, they're, they're totally losing the, the respect that they have for Christians. It's just those Christians. And we need to stand for, for right and for, for, for honesty and for goodness. Where did, where did holy living go? It's, it's a question, I guess. Where did it go? Is it so far gone we can't get it back? Where, where is the blush among Christians? Nehemiah is grabbing them by the hair and plucked off their hair and made them swear by God, saying, You shall not give your daughters unto their sons, nor take their daughters unto your sons, or for your sons. Listen, that girl of yours, nice Christian girl, brings this. See, now you got me where I don't even want to say it. But you know he's not saved, not living for God, going to bring him home and marry your daughter? No. Kick him off the porch. Dad, where are you? Mom, raising them kids? Well, I can't be that. Yes, you can. Go get a stick. That's the way the moms used to do it. They'd run him off the porch with a broom. Somebody needs to say amen. I am in a Baptist church. Amen? Listen, we've lost our blush. And it's because we've sat by and allowed things to happen. We've allowed it to happen so much so that now people don't believe you when you tell them there's a difference between Christians and non-Christians. Yeah. They live right down the street from you and think nothing about, you know, they see your car there on Sunday. Now I'm speaking to the folks online. If you're sitting at home this morning, I'm going to go ahead and say it, brother. If you're sitting at home this morning watching this service and you were healthy enough to come to church and had the ability to come to church and didn't, that's what I'm talking about. The Holy Spirit, I pray, grabs you by your hair this morning. He says, Did not Solomon, king of Israel, sin by these things? He says, Yet among many nations was there no king like him who was beloved of his God, and God made him king over all Israel. Nevertheless, even him did outlandish women cause to sin. He says, Shall we then hearken unto you to do all this great evil, to transgress against our God and marry in strange wives? And one of the sons of uh, Jehoiada, the son of Elisha, uh, the high priest, was son-in-law to Sanballat the Hornite. Therefore I chased him from me. I have a clear picture of what went on. Is this thing tied to anything? He chased him from him. That means he got behind him and ran him all the way out of his presence. And would to God we would get some up about us. A little bit of character, a little bit of zeal. My wife, bless her heart, I love her to death. She is my calm. Typically, 
I go to church with a knife on my side. One of them big knives, you know, skinning knives. I had it on this morning. I was going to church. I said, can you tell that knife's kind of sticking out? She said, yep. I said, so I shouldn't wear it? She said, we're going to church. I said, I wear it at our church. <laughs> Maybe you shouldn't wear it at church. Pastor's already looking for braids. <laughs> <laughs> he chased him from him. Remember them, oh my God, because they have defiled the priesthood of the covenant of the priesthood and of the Levites. Thus cleansed I them from all strangers and appointed the words the wards of the priests and of the Levites, everyone to, uh, in his business, and for the wood offering at times appointed and for the first fruits, remember me, oh my God, for good. I don't know. I don't know that America can come back to where, to where she can blush. But we should. The world needs to see that difference again. They need to see your car going to church, parked at church when they drive by on their way to the lake or wherever they're going. They need, they need to see you being active in the community as a Christian. They need to see you knocking on somebody's door and saying hi, invite them to church. Folks, this stuff's important. And there's a reason Satan has, allowed, has, has really pushed what's going on from us because he's he knows he has but a short time and he's turning up the heat here's what I see we've allowed the enemy to get comfortable around us we must get angry and chase it from us the Bible says be angry and sin not I'm not saying you have to lay hands on anybody. That's, I'll deal with that one. <laughs> Sometimes that's hard for me. I'm working on it. Amen. But we need to get mad, good and mad, about how much ground Satan stole. And we need to get it back. We need to get it back. All right. God, we bow before you today. Lord, not even sure many times how to end a service except to say that you are God and there's nothing impossible with God. And Lord, we pray that you'd use this uh, word today and, and the word earlier to help us to, to understand what you want from us. Lord, I thank you that it's not by works of righteousness that we have done that we get to heaven, but by the precious blood of Christ. And I pray, Father, as we allow that difference to come in our lives, that, Lord, it might be a vibrant difference again. It might be a, a telltale sign around us that we belong to God and that there's a difference. And so, Lord, I pray that you'd help us to honor you and to hold up this word. Pastor. Every head bowed and every eye closed you think about your life today are you separated as unto the Lord is your life pleasing unto him 
Or are you kind of going with the flow and going with the world? God only gives us a short amount of time to make a difference for him. As you think about the message today, Nehemiah, Joe Pastor, that's, you know, I don't, I don't like getting that, ex that excited. Hey, the zeal of the Lord, hath, when it's talking about Jesus, hath eaten me up. We need some zeal again. We need to get excited about the things of God, get back on track. Maybe today God says, you know what? God, I, God is speaking to me. I need that in my life. If you're like that today, you say, Pastor, please just pray for me today, that I'd have the zeal of the Lord, that I would take that stand and be what I ought to be for Christ. If you're that way, and I'd, we'd love to pray for you. Would you just slip your hand up? Is anybody like that? Yes. Amen. Amen. Yes. Praise the Lord. Thank you. But maybe you're here today and you don't know Jesus as your Savior. Like Brother Homan said, you know, you're not going to go to heaven unless you're saved. You've heard the gospel so many times, maybe from this pulpit. We have it almost every time we preach. In fact, every time I preach, I try to give the gospel because we never know if there's one that does not know Jesus as, your, as their Savior. If you don't know Jesus as your Savior, there is no way of getting to heaven apart from Jesus Christ. You will die, and you will go to a place called hell. But you don't have to go there. It's your choice. God gave man a choice to either to receive or to reject. And today you can choose. To receive Christ as your Savior, Jesus, God's Son, came and died on the cross for you. He shed his blood that you might have forgiveness of sins as we heard this morning, that we might live forever with God in heaven. Be his son, his daughter. You say, well, I'd love to have Jesus as my Savior. Today, you can choose that if you want. Right now, in the quietness of your heart, if you're willing to humble yourself and acknowledge that you are a sinner, as the Bible says, you may not feel like you're a sinner. It doesn't matter whether you feel like it or not. God says, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. God commended his love toward you and that while you were still a sinner, Christ died for you. And if you'll accept Jesus Christ as your Savior, he will change your life, no doubt. If you're willing to turn to Jesus from sin, he will make a difference in your life. Maybe you're here today and say, Pastor, I'm not sure I'm saved. I want Jesus to be my Savior right now. In the quietness of your heart, you can pray and ask Christ to be your Savior. Pray a simple prayer like this. Dear God, I know I'm a sinner. I believe your son Jesus died for me on the cross and shed his blood as a payment for my sin once and for all. I ask him to be my Savior right now. I want to turn to him and turn from my sin and live his way. In Jesus' name. No one looking around. If you prayed and asked Jesus to be your Savior this morning, that very moment you did that, God says you're saved. If you've asked Jesus to be your Savior and you believe it, and if you made that decision this morning, I'd love to pray for you. And I'm going to have a word of prayer in just a moment. If you prayed and asked Christ to be your Savior, would you do me a favor? Just slip your hand up for a moment. No one looking but myself. I'd love to pray for you. Just... Raise your hand for a second and put it back down. Is there anyone here this morning? Dear Father, we pray for those that raised their hands earlier that you've 
you know, spoken to their heart about having a zeal, about living a separated life, that people would know that there's a difference. God, I pray right now that you would just speak to our hearts. And Lord, in this time of invitation, this invitation is for, it's for those that are here. Lord, that they might respond to what they've heard. That they might come to the altar, get some things right with you. If they're not sure they're saved, that they'd come and get saved today. Lord, I pray that you would work in their hearts. Lord, you've been a great God and are still a great God. And Lord, I pray that we'd worship you and honor you with our life, living a separated life, a holy life unto you. Father, we thank you and we praise you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's all stand. Brother Scott is going to come and lead us in a song of invitation. If you're not sure you're saved, I'll be right here in front. You can come and say, hey, I'd like to get saved today. I'd like to know Jesus as your Savior. It's a life-changing decision. But you have the opportunity right now to receive Christ. You don't know about tomorrow. You don't even know about the afternoon. But right now, God has given you in his mercy, he's giving you another opportunity to respond. For some of us as Christians, we haven't been separated like we should be. The world looks at us and says, well, there's no difference. There's no difference. Why should they want what we've got if there's no difference? But when there is a difference, they can see a difference of joy and peace. The fruit of the Spirit is evidence in your life. Let me ask you today, is there a difference in your life? Or do they look at you as just being part of the world? As Brother Scott comes and leads up, what page are we? 270. Page 270. God's speaking to you this morning. You need to come. If you've never been baptized, hey, that's a